Hello guys and welcome to the first ever MSC Performance Podcast. Uh, we're really, really excited uh, to, to be doing this and this is something that we're uh, hopefully going to be doing on a very regular basis. Uh, so uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Mark and this is uh, Luke and uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into it. So uh, the idea of the podcast, uh, this is something that's been... Um, you know, there's been a bit of demand for it from our members and also some of our uh, online guys. And basically, it's a real good opportunity for us to regular keep in, regularly keep in touch with you guys, um, give you loads and loads of content, uh, give you updates as to what's happening uh, in and around MSC and how our members are doing and any updates with classes and competitions and, you know, new products that we're offering, anything like that. And also we're going to be doing a lot of Q&A work as well. So um, a week or two ago, uh, we put out on Instagram an opportunity to ask us some questions and we've had really, really positive feedback from that. So we've got loads of questions which we'll go through later. So um, I think know. it'd be really good to, um, to get some of the members on as well. We've got some good members down at MSC that compete at a decent level, but also have good stories on balancing training, also with like high-end jobs. So I think that'd be good to get them on the podcast and just explain their story. And We've got some people as well that are quite close family with MSC, so we're good to get them on the podcast um, and bring a bit more content out. So absolutely, going to work. Yeah, absolutely. I can't sit like this anymore, Mark. I'm going to have to sit. <laughs> His hip's gone. My hip's, His hip's gone. It's two minutes. I'm trying to force the trying to force the casual look too much with the, yeah. the coffee and the uh, the hip. Uh, I'm going to stay like this. I feel alright, but um, yeah. So uh, as Luke says, yeah, loads of, loads of guests, and um, to be honest, we just kind of going to make it up a little bit as we go along, but it's just going to be True MSC fashion, loads we'll blag it, we'll, and I'm sure it'll work out. We'll blag it a little bit, and uh, <laughs> yeah, loads of content, though. that's the idea, so, uh, you know, weekly guys or whatever, just throw us loads of questions, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll answer them, mm -hmm. um, but it's a real good opportunity for us not to, you know, we get a lot of, you know, Q&A type stuff, you would have seen our stuff on Instagram, and you've got, you know, those 15 seconds or whatever to, to answer a question. And this is a real good opportunity for us to elaborate, perhaps yeah. elaborate and take our time a little bit, um, you know, on, on some of that content so that we're not, we're not rushing them I and mean, hopefully go into a bit more depth uh, for, the, you know, for the guys who are, who are really keen. So um, in terms of today's uh, podcast, um, we're going to be uh, basically talking a little bit about the latest uh you know, news and ongoings at MSC, uh, how the classes are going and, you know, all the, all the latest news. Um, we're going to go back in time a little bit and just talk a little bit about um, how MSC started up. The what origins. Is, yeah, the origins and insertions and, uh, <laughs> you know, how, how, we, uh, how we got to where we are now. And um, then we'll crack on with some, some Q&A stuff. So, yeah, what do you reckon, mate? Barbell's getting all right at the moment. Yeah, um, so with the Barbell Club, uh, we typically run 16-week uh, blocks and twice a year it works in towards an in-house competition. So the Barbell Club isn't a powerlifting club per se, but it's heavily based around squat, bench and deadlift. So a lot of the guys, this is a great chance to A, develop strength. Uh, it's a bit more well-rounded, so there's some like overall athletic development work, um, a little bit more general in that respect, but it's a good chance for them to work up to, to one rep max testing which not everyone agrees with, but we think that it's something that people A, enjoy, and it also gives someone gives, gives people something to work towards. Um, we have the opportunity to do the in-house competition, and we also just give them the chance to test if they're not quite comfortable in that setting. But we've got over 20 people signed up for the in-house competition, which is on the 14th of March. 
Um, it's a good balance of people. There's some that are competitive powerlifters. There's some that are just looking to test for the first time. And for some, it's their second or third time doing a, an in-house competition. So I'm really excited for that. We've got some excellent lifters. In terms of at the Barbar Club, um, like Andrew's looking excellent. Um, Andrew has, this will be his second competition, if he I'm always, correct. He always looks excellent as well, doesn't he? He does wear short shorts <coughs> and uh, he does look good. Uh, but he's, Great lifters. <laughs> he's lifting uh, really well. So Andrew's been a member for, it must be close to a year now and he's made really good progress. So look forward to see how he gets on. Um, in the females, we've got Anna, who does the uh, Barber Club. She's looking really strong. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she's the only female from Barber Club doing it. Uh, there's usually a few more, but we have like 10 females competing. Yeah, the date's um, not quite worked out for everyone, but uh, yeah, that happens, doesn't it? Absolutely. The yeah. the comp and, uh, yeah. Well, we have, uh, we have our eight other females that are doing it, and um, there's some really good level lifters in there. So Naz, who did the English last year, she's competing this uh, this competition, and for her it'll be a bit more relaxed, hasn't got to make weights, and she's looking really good. She's hit some PBs this week in training. Um, Elise is doing it, getting ready for the All Englands. So there's about five competitive female powerlifters that are doing it and using it to set up for the uh, for the competition season, which pretty much starts uh, March, April time. So it's a perfect chance for them to get a little bit of practice in before starting to get into a full competition schedule. Yeah, I, yeah but I mean, Barber Club's going so well. I mean, you know, Mel as well, shout out to her. Um, working with her on Tuesday morning, hit a one fifteen squat. So we're not even, yeah, we've not even we've not even peaked yet, and she's put five kilos on her all time, yeah. all time max, and you know she's you know still still improving uh, all, all the time. Um, Lauren as well is you know not, yeah. not been around too long, um, but it's technically just getting so much better. Yeah, she had a, a small step back up her leagues, but she's worked hard on like movement prep, and she's starting to look fantastic. Her technique has improved loads. Uh, she's bracing now well under load and yeah she's moving incredibly well i think she hit a 65 kilo squat mm. um, look very comfortable so we've still got two weeks to progress it up and yeah. yeah she's looking in good shape i think with the with the barbell club one of the one of the like one of the best things about it is just you know see, seeing that improvement with guys and you know i know i can speak for yourself as well just the the enjoyment we get as coaches mm. seeing people improve at msc we you know you'll see a lot on instagram and facebook with us uh you know, with, with our elite guys and, you know, using powerlifting as an example. So we do have other, you know, weightlifters, rugby players, you know, lots of different sports. But with our powerlifters specifically, you'll see some big numbers going up, you know, on, online. And it's a real pleasure to work with those uh, those top guys. But, you know, it's, for, for me, it might be a little bit different for you, Lou, being, you know, um, you know, coaching a lot of powerlifters, but I get as much enjoyment working or close to you know as much enjoyment working with those more sort of you know beginner intermediate guys uh, you know as, oh, yeah. as well as the, the the top guys i agree so like off the top of my head so like last year we had like a couple of people win the british which was fantastic but then also like uh, we had people in barbacle that had never lifted a weight before and then they're hitting pbs and just the excitement and the enjoyment they get out of something yeah. that is ultimately a hobby but the the working around their, their full-time job when they're hitting a pb and they get so excited it's just cool to be yeah, part it's of awesome. it's really cool yeah. and like I just think the Barbell Club's just such a, you know, it's been such a good product for us in terms of giving those guys, you know, these these are guys that previously would have been sort of, you know, turning up to the gym um, with no real plan, no no real um, coaching, yeah. no real idea of where, you know, what they're working towards and just coming in and, you know, coming in here free tens or whatever it might be. It just kind of, what I always refer to as exercising rather than training, just turning up and making it up on the spot like we're doing with this podcast 
Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think the Barbell Club's such a good thing. You know, Luke talked about the, the structure and the 16-week, you know, p- uh, plan that we put together and, you know, four lots of, you know, four-week blocks. And we're building towards something, building towards that yeah. that testing and getting stronger. And as you know, as we know, if it's for another podcast, but as we know, if we're getting stronger, then you know that's the foundation of all you know of, of all our attributes. Um, you know, components of fitness. We need you know to build to build a good strength base. So, um, one of my favorite things cool. with the Barber Club is obviously it's a set club program, but the flexibility and individuality that can go into it. Um, so everyone's doing the same exercise, they're almost doing the same repetition uh, schemes as well, but the individuality that goes into it based off their kind of quality, uh, qualification and how strong they are. So for some people it's because they're probably a slightly lower level, haven't been doing it quite as long, they're going to be increasing the weight every single week. Um, but because we're using RPE or rate of perceived exertion, it gives people that are slightly stronger a chance just to manipulate the, the numbers over the week. So for some people it's not going to be that linearity of increasing the weight every single week. Uh, for someone at a slightly higher level, for example, Jake, he's going to have drops where his performance drops um, if he's had a heavy week before, which you might not get if you're lifting slightly less weight. Um, but that's <coughs> structured into the programming and he starts to understand the reasoning why he can't just increase the weight every single week. And I think that's an important part of the Barbar Club in terms of making people self-sufficient. Yeah. The way that we structure the training now is that it's a two-hour dropping window. Um, so rather than being an hour where the coaches are here, it's two hours um, and we like um, facilitating. So... For some people, they need a bit more hands-on approach. Uh, for some people, it's just a little tweak here and there. And it's getting to a point where they're bringing the program in, they're writing down the numbers, what they've done before. They have a good understanding of what they're doing and why they're doing it. And I think the why is the most important thing. The reasoning behind why we increase in intensity or why we've taken a slightly easy week here. Um, I think that's massive for people in terms of their development, starting to be able to come to the gym with their programme, understand why they're doing something and just have the ability to crack on. Where normally, like Mark said, they would just blag it, they would just do the same weights every single week or just do something too extreme, like doing a single and then next week doing sets of 10. There's a structure and there's a reasoning and people starting to understand that. And I think that's my favourite thing at the Barbar Club, just uh, watching people. Yeah, 100%, mate. Um, do, you, do you think it's worth <laughs> explaining to the viewers just roughly how a, how a 16-week block would would look and sure. how that would be divided up? So I wouldn't call it one particular style of periodization or programming. Um, but over the 16 block, which would be your macro cycle, we break it into four four-week blocks, um, which would be your mesocycles. Within those, each one would have a slightly different focus. Um, and this is based off like the averages of what we deal with within, um, within the Barbar Club. So it's your beginner to intermediate. Most people, not all of them, but most people have got some experience with a barbell. They've done some kind of strength training. Um, they're looking to kind of take it to the next level. So the first block would be your kind of as we your general physical preparedness or your GPP phase. That would be the first two blocks. The first one's heavily based around improving your technique. So it's a lot of pause positional work, it's a lot of tempo work, it's low intensities, and it's a chance for people to accumulate good work, good amounts of volume, um, but really practicing the skill of executing the lifts and executing them really well, that's the key. So for the squats, we're doing a lot of tempo work, we're doing a lot of pause work, uh, we really focus on that low intensities and building a good foundation of technical press. Some people that may be slightly better developed, it's a chance for them to push the intensities a little bit harder. Uh, so they'll be doing the similar kind of protocols, but they'll probably be pushing them a little bit closer to failure, just because they're not going to have so much technical breakdown as they get under the fatigue. So that's the main difference between the beginners and the intermediates, would be the amount of form breakdown under, under fatigue from the set. So that first full week is heavily based around the technique. 
we move transition into the next block it's not like black and white it's a transitional process and there's a lot of overlap but then the next block the next block beg your pardon would be based around accumulating higher volumes um so we would probably off the top of my head if we're doing squatting twice a week we'd probably do lower repetitions on the competition style squat or what people would use to do their max lifts which is what we're pushing towards um, it would be low repetition, so less chance of breaking down, but we might go high repetition work on a variation. For example, these last couple of blocks, we've used the safety bar, which yeah. has been quite successful. Maybe less technical, less easy, uh, less chance to break down. It's a bit easy to brace under it. Um, so that would be an example. Maybe bell squat as well would be a good exercise of that. With your deadlift, we use a lot of pause variants and tempo work. So further out from a competition, we're doing Romanian deadlift. So it's just a pure hip hinge pattern, a chance to practice that brace and moving through the hips while trying to keep the back in a good position. That's a really important skill for people to pick up straight away. We would then kind of progress it into some pause deadlift variations and then your main competition deadlift style. So you see this progressive system where we're working on improving your movement. We then work on strengthening what most people would find as their weak areas and then we're into the competition lifts. So that would be like your squat and your deadlift. Your bench press would be, again, longer pause variations, focusing on keeping good tension and good stability under the bar. It would be lots of tempo work again, so focusing on keeping the elbows under, which a lot of people struggle with. And again, that would progress over time into higher intensity work where there's less focus on the technique and more on just lifting the heavy intensities and yeah, getting some good quality work in. But there's clear phases, like we said, so we're moving from that technique phase into your higher volumes. And then the last eight weeks, we would call your special or specific physical preparedness, where obviously we then eight weeks help from doing the max lifts. So things get a little bit more specific to doing that. So it's less of like the high variations and more movements that mimic uh, what we're gonna be testing. So it becomes all about the squat bench and deadlift and close variations to that and lifting at the higher intensities. What we find is that when people finish these eight week blocks of the more specific, they're ready then to go into a phase where they just tidy things up a little bit, really focus on execution of the lifts and focus on the higher repetition work. And it seems to work really well. And so. the, the thing is there with the, you know, with that, with that build up, you talked about one rep maxing and things like that. And like, you know, yeah, it's not, there's a bit of doubt behind it. Sometimes it's not always the most appropriate thing, but after 16 weeks or 15 weeks of, yeah. of, of training with people, they, they are ready to do a one rep max. We'll never see any yeah. issues at all. It's, least, not, it's not like we tape them from never touching a barbell and then week three, we're like, let's do some performance testing. Yeah. They've done eight mm. weeks of, of technique work, of developing pause variations. They've learned how to brace, they've learned how to move. Um, and it doesn't mean it, one rep max to some people means different to others. So for myself as a powerlifter, it would be a bullseye effort. I'd probably hold form pretty good. Um, and I just try as hard as I can. For someone that's relatively new, it doesn't have to be a max out effort. Uh, what we typically find is it just drops off really fast because the skill of lifting maximally yeah. just isn't there. Yeah. So for some people, it's going to look like they had two or three more repetitions and that's absolutely fine. It will develop over the blocks. Yeah. So for some people, their one rep max testing is going to look completely I think, different. Yeah, I think it's probably important just to mention as well, we always have, you know, on a Monday, Wednesday, especially when it's uh, very, very busy, we always have a couple of coaches as yeah. well. So if you are joining, for example, midway through that cycle, through that 16 week block, you know, or even in the last four weeks or anything like that, then we're not going to chuck you straight in on that on that program. Myself, you know, myself or Keris or you know Luke. Sometimes, you know, we'll just take that person, you know, to the side and just do some general prep work until that kind of next, yeah. until that next program's ready ready to start again. So we've just had uh, Laura join. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
she's uh yeah she's obviously not quite ready to do because we're only two weeks out from test and she's not ready to do a one at max yet but we're just adapting the program and making sure that she's in a position where she can uh yeah next block jump in and she's got a good understanding a good foundation and then we can go through that cycle she, with her so. she's in the system and yeah. you know knows how everything works as well one of my favorite things actually with the barbell club <laughs> is the uh the groups that the friendships that that, that formulate just yeah. based off how tall people are so like <laughs> Graham and Andrew are forced to train together because they're <clears> six foot and they're like the really good pals. And there's some like really weird like groups that merge that would never happen. <laughs> like there's that um <laughs> what's his name? The fifth the kid, fifteen year old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's like a 15 year old that trains with us yeah, yeah. Uh, going through the barbell club training for uh, for like military uh, <laughs> to go through the military testing and he's training with oh, what's his name well he's training with my uh, nephew Matteo for, yes. for, for a bit wasn't he <laughs> um, but yeah it, it forges like some some great little groups and great friendships yeah. Mel was telling me um, I'm sure she won't mind me saying this um, on Tuesday morning she was saying about how uh, the girls who live together in, in the barbell club have got their little whatsapp group now nice. and uh, they went out for uh, brunch or something on Saturday and like yeah, thanks quite, for the invite but yeah, yeah nice. we, don't, we don't get invited to those sort of things because uh, we just gnaws them with uh, you know with you know powerlifting and SEC chat, chat. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah it's kind of cute that they've got together and done it's that cool. and it's, it's really cool so um, whilst we're on the subject of barbell training is um, the powerlifting side's going as strong as ever yeah um, so we had the uh, <coughs> bench press championships this weekend um, there was two, uh, two of my clients that were competing, uh, one of them do, that does uh, sessions down at MSC, and he won the 74 kilo class. So we're lucky we have the 74 bench and full power champs, that's pretty cool. Um, he benched 157 at 74, that was Andrew, so well done Andrew. Who's the, who's the full power champs mate, who's, uh, who's that? <sighs> I can't remember his name. He doesn't like to talk about it, doesn't uh, like to talk about uh, it. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, Andrew won. He uh, yeah bench one fifty seven, which was a seven kilo PB uh, in competition. It was made. He's a very good bench presser, but it was made a little bit easier by some not so good attempt selection by uh, by the other competitor, which we cap uh, capitalised on. So that was great. So yeah, we had a, a bench press champion uh, this weekend. We had the women's uh, British Championships on the seventh <clears> of March, so just over a week away uh, from when we're recording this, at least. Uh, we have Jodie Cook competing. Yeah. Uh, she is looking to podium um, in the 57 class, which is really, really competitive, but she's looking in good shape. She has some really good deadlift PBs this week, which I'm, I'm sure she won't mind me saying. So yeah, she's looking in good shape. Unfortunately, Lucia was uh, meant to try and defend her British Championship, but she's had to pull out for an injury, um, which is a shame because, again, she was looking in good shape, but obviously more importantly is to try and get healthy. Yeah, but yeah sure. so... Yeah. It's been a, a good couple of competitions and hopefully Jodie does good at the <coughs> women's. And yeah, like I said, we've got the uh, we've got the in-house competition and then after there, the competition season kicks off. So powerlifting side is busy. We've got a lot of people training really well. And awesome. yeah, it's an exciting couple of months now because it's just starting to build momentum and we're just starting to get ready for, like I said, the season ahead. And yeah. We've got some good lifters down who are looking to do some good things. So it's going to be an exciting, uh, exciting, times. exciting couple of months. Yeah. I think the... Um yeah, it's fantastic. It's good to see the weightlifting clubs going well now yeah. as well. Um, you know, Sonia, um, you know, who anyone's sort of uh, seen anything to do with MSC will know who Sonia is. So she's been running the weightlifting club uh, since she since she started uh, at the end of last year and has done a, done a fantastic job there. The programming's on point. Everything's going well. Uh, Josh has been running the Thursday nights as well. And, 
we've taken on a lot of new people yeah. and with the with the weightlifting club, uh, which is good. So our, our weightlifting club is separate from our barbell club, which confuses a few people, but basically we like to have the weightlifting club separate so that we're not integrating, you know, those those very highly technical movements, you know, in, into the barbell club. And obviously, you know, when, you, when you're running a barbell club class, there's only so much time you've got as well and you don't want to be sort of trying to do Olympic lifts and squying and we don't we don't throw the, uh, throw the Olympic lifts into the Metcons either so we like to give the weightlifting club as a, as a separate class because of the high skill yeah. because of the high skill level of, of the snatch and the clean and jerk um, so we don't like to do the Metcons under fatigue and we don't like to try and you know squeeze them in in, in the barbell club along with everything else because you know we want to be getting those strength movements in we want to be getting those accessory movements in as well yeah. um, so the weightlifting club's uh, a little bit separate uh, for those who don't know and um, yeah it works, works really well and the Metcons are you know as, as good as ever we've got sort of uh, we've, we've expanded our classes so we now do back-to-back -back classes uh, we've got 6 15 a.m till 7 a.m. now uh, in the mornings, uh, which we started back in Jan, um, followed straight away by 7 till 7.45. So the first group come in, they get the work done, they shoot off, and then the next group come in and we've got doubles in the evening as well. And uh, the Metcon's always been in a great atmosphere, hasn't it? Really popular. I enjoy um, the performance testing we're doing now. And it gives, again, like similar to the Barber Club, it's something to work towards. Uh, so again, you're not just doing your random workouts for the sake of it. There's some kind of program behind it there's some kind of targeted focus so we do like anaerobic testing as well as like a lactate testing as well um with my metcon on a tuesday at the minute we're working a lot of cluster work which is really exciting we've not done before uh in like the four and a half years we've been doing metcon so like really low volume like sets of two uh, with 20 seconds rest and then trying to repeat like high power output and it's working really well it's the second week of doing it but like the quality of the work is super high the fatigue is down from the intraset um <coughs> And yeah, power output is, is the focus of that part and it seems to be progressing nicely. We're then doing some anaerobic work at the end and, and it's going really well as well. So hopefully people improving their power output and also improving anaerobic fitness as well. So the Metcons are going really well. It's always been yeah. popular and good atmosphere. Like yeah, you said. absolutely. And yeah, me and you have been running them for, you know, since the, since the beginning. So, you know, four and a half going on five years now. And then, uh, you know, Sonia's obviously helping out with those as yeah. well and running the Monday and Wednesday mornings and Thursday... Thursday, yeah, Thursday, yeah, Thursday evenings as well, and um, yeah, they're pretty, pretty famous. The the Sonia Metcons now. I've, uh, I came in this morning. I was uh, had a bit of a bit of a line, so I rocked up about eight o'clock. And uh, on the on the way in, uh, Sam Sam Brown, one of our members, and uh, Big Al, um, who's who's been with us since day one, pretty yeah. much. Um, we're on the way out, and yeah, in a bit in a bit of a pickle, and uh, but they 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 all it's love paid it. Paid off for, for Sam because. He managed to beat Mark on the weekend on uh, last I thought, Thursday. I thought yeah. we were going to talk about rugby today. Let's stick to powerlifting, but no, we we lost uh, lost our first game of the season down at Bourneville on uh, on Thursday Thursday night against uh, Sam's uh, Newport side, and he happened to have a, a very good game uh, as well as he as he always seems to do. Mark hurt his um, bicep again because he refuses to do bicep curls. He hurt his elbow. Yeah, I've got a bit of a hyperextension my elbow. I've got a. Luke's, Luke's been telling me for ages to get some bias with curls in the programme, so uh, you know, I could probably, probably do with some as well, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's good. It's good to see some of the rugby boys down at MSC as well, getting stuck into the Metcons, and um, you know, it's been been working well for us. So uh, despite that loss, we're still still top of the league, and uh, we're going to win two from the last five to, to get automatic promotion, win the league, and uh, go, up to, go up to Nat 2. I've been so. to watch Mark a, a few times, and I've never, <laughs> I've never actually seen him win. 
So I'm going to start going to every single game. Sam Brown's actually paid us a decent amount of money to go and watch every single game. <laughs> He's on enough uh, cash, so he, he, can yeah. afford, he can afford to pay it. Um, <coughs> it's, a, it's an on, ongoing joke. Luke's basically been to watch six, 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 yeah. six or seven times to come down to watch Bordeaux. Uh, over the last few few years, and we've literally lost every time that yeah. he's come to watch. You know, we lost to uh, yeah, we lost we lost the DK in the cup last year. We were a good side, but league below us, and we were at home, and we ended up losing at home home to them. And obviously, we've had we've had this unbeaten run all season. Uh, not lost a not lost a single game. Uh, you know, Luke's, Luke's keen to come down. So, yeah, it'd be good good testing against Newport. Good side, you know, come down Thursday night lights and. And all that would be a good crack, and uh, yeah, Luke comes down, and we end up losing. So he's he, he's actually in band. Uh, so uh, Mitch, our, uh, our fly half and uh, and head coach, and uh, Paul Sumner, one of our senior players, have, have literally <laughs> called Luke out and said he's banned. He's banned. He's not going to watch, but he's he's all about coming to watch a cup final, uh, which is on the thirteenth of. Uh, I'll make March, a so swift exit if he'll, the, if he'll, the game wearing, he'll yeah. be wearing one of those tashing glass uh, jobs and trying to become an undercover I think so uh, yeah it's all good moving on from rugby anyway. uh, so obviously we've talked quite a lot about the, uh, the Barbell Club and the Metcons and you know all the classes and ongoings at MSC um, so next stage we're just going to talk a little bit about um, how MSC came came about really and the, yeah. the origins so uh, we're in our fifth year now so it'll be uh, our fifth birthday uh, officially on June the 13th uh, that's when we kind of opened the doors and we started yeah. memberships from July the 1st. So it's kind of around that uh, date. We're going to have a big, big uh, fifth birthday party as well in the summer. So not sure exactly of the dates yet, but we'll announce those uh, soon. And that's going to be... Uh, that'll that'll be, be good. good. Yeah, it's going to be a good day. It's, it's, be been, good a, day, so. it's been a great five years. It's been the best five years, obviously, my career. But it's been hard. It's been tough. Been, been tough, we'll, we'll, the, we'll get into. I'm only 21, mate. I'm, uh, yeah, you know, tough, look, tough look about 80. Uh, it's been a tough gig, but uh, yeah, as Luke says, yeah, it's been absolutely incredible. And, um, you know, just we spoke about it a little bit earlier, just you know, in those barbell clubs and things like that. When, you, when you're seeing people, you know, training well, training with structure, building those friendships and relationships, uh, seeing them train with you know, structure and you know and, and, and progressing and hitting those pbs yeah. you know it's there's some tough tough stuff that happens behind the scenes that you know yeah. uh, that, that happen, you know anyone who's run a business will understand um but i think if we it take it, worth it absolutely if we take it right back to the start and like the reasoning why why it was mark that wanted to set the, the business up or why i was on board straight away um we were both at stages really i guess of our careers where we were ready to take it to the next level we both worked at bannertines uh in brindley place which was fine, um, but it, it is what it is. It's a commercial gym. It's a good laugh. Um, it was a good laugh. <laughs> like, that's Malcolm, bless him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was a good laugh, but there was a point where we were both like, limited with what we could achieve. I was um, like, just starting powerlifting coaching, and I was trying to offer this facility of like, online coaching, one-on-one -on -one coaching, and I worked at Bannertines. So like, if anyone wanted to come down for, for sessions, it was at Bannertines. It was at a squat rack in front of a mirror. He's in a 10 kilo bar. With a 10 kilo bar. Five uh, wheels on the side. Yeah, I don't know where the hell I ever squatted 220 in that gym, but I'm sure that's a Bannertines record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so the facilities were bad and we were just frustrated with what we could get out of it in terms of trying to push power. I was, running, I was running down with a prowler down the corridor. With a spin I bought, I bought a prowler and um, there, was like a, there was like a corridor at the back of where the, where the spin bikes are and the, the spin studios. You had about um, two centimetres either side oh, of error. It was tight, it was tight. But people used to come out of the back of those classes like, yeah. when they'd finished them and I'd, I'd have one of my clients 
hurtling down, hurtling down towards the You were aggressive. You were very aggressive. I was, I was on a mission. But the was people, on a mission. Doing, the yeah. people doing the classes had done nothing wrong, but you were so frustrated at them not yeah, opening yeah, the door because you were trying to do the yeah. Good S&C. And, um, yeah, I think, like, oh, I mean, what a great, great experience. It taught me a lot um, in terms, you know, to good things and bad things that, um, you know, I, I wanted to implement into, into MSC. And one of those was, you know, I was just seeing such a turnover of staff in a commercial gym like that and just people not really being looked after, you know, both staff and members and that's something yeah. that I want, you know, wanted to, wanted to uh, sort of offer at MSC, make sure staff are happy, doing well, you know, and therefore the, the, the members. But yeah, we kind of, you know, outgrew it a little bit. You had just finished your Masters in strength and conditioning. You were trying to push strength and conditioning hard. You were trying to push like rugby specific training for for sports well for rugby players yeah i was trying to push powerlifting we just didn't have the facility to have it and there's this massive gap because there's a few more snc gyms now but at the time there was very yeah. very small amount of snc gyms and uh, there's yeah. literally nothing in the west midlands 100 percent, yeah and like with the, with the work i was doing with kvt as well you know going around different you know very various venues um around around the uk um starting to see these little private S&C gyms and CrossFit gyms opening up and things like that and then being like, oh, crikey, this is possible and speaking to the owners of those and saying, right, okay, this is something, you know, this is something we can do. Um, so, you know, it was a, a big part of it was wanting to, um, wanting to pursue that, that way of training, which, you know, we, we were developing. Um, and also, as I said, you know, just in terms of members there, just, no real guidance, no real plan, you know, no real plan behind what they were doing. I remember, so if you were a member, you would, there was how you get a program written for you by a member staff. And it was literally, it was, it was, it was half an hour that you spent with them going through the technique of like six exercises. Um, and that was pretty much your, like, what's it called? Induction. Yeah. That was your induction. So we'd go through a leg press. It was always a leg press, uh, leg extension, leg curl, lat pull down, chest press. Um, it was it was really really bad. Even though like we would try harder to give people a little bit more, but you're obviously limited with the amount of time that you would spend with them. Um, you'd get thirty minutes, and then you'd book in again for another half an hour every month, and you're trying to go through the ten. It, it just was impossible. Yeah. So the guidance that they got, even though it's it's sold as you get a free program, you get all you. T- it's just very very minimal contact time with the yeah. with the coaches or I guess instructors, and I think that was the main problem with the with their setup. Yeah, hundred percent, and um, you know, I think just you know the the opportunity to create somewhere just to have you know some space and four walls within that where we could control the standards of training, you know, uh, control, uh, you know, giving people that guidance that help through things like the Barbell Club, the Metcons, and even our you know even the, you know we do have guys as well doing open gym who. Might just be following a, gym, a pro- yeah. program, just need a gym, or they might be having a program off, you know, Luke and myself. Um, you know, just controlling the standards, I think, as well. Like, one of the big things for us is just, and we don't have to do it too often because everyone trades really well, but just keeping an eye on people and making sure that, you know, the, the, the form is, you know, on, on the lifts is, you know, is safe and effective and that everybody, know, you know, is training safely and effectively, essentially. Yeah. Um, and just and just getting getting better all the time as well. So, um, and, you know, and probably probably alongside that as well, just the, the community and atmosphere, you know, well, I think in commercial gyms, it can, you know, this podcast is not about slating commercial gyms, but it, it can be quite moody, 
it can be you know especially you know women going into the waiting room can be a little bit intimidated mm-hmm. um it can be quite a moody atmosphere and i think you know one of the big things we spoke about at the start um you know in the in the business plan and you know did, did get quite you know got some things wrong in the business plan as well but one thing you know that we definitely got right was creating that atmosphere and that that community as well that was one of the things when you look at crossfit that we wanted to kind of emulate there's areas of crossfit that are fantastic and areas that we we might have disagreements on but in terms of the community they do it better than than anyone else yeah. and that's everything that we try to emulate um and i think that's worked really well we like these kind of like subgroups like you said like now's got this group of people now that they've got this whatsapp chat um you've got the the girls of msc facebook page uh, just the socials that we arrange aside from from the community like stupid things like the the tidiness of the gym so if you've been in a commercial gym you understand like how bad like putting the weights out are um every so often you need to have like a reality check working there if like someone's left like a far mile away and you're like oh you get annoyed by it don't you closing down a commercial gym was, was so you start you start two hours before like yeah, 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 you, yeah. you'd be tidying up kit for me closing down Valentine's was as bad as working at primark on the folding tables when i used to do as a kid it's just impossible like a primark you'd, you'd fold up some tops and then you turn around and they're all messy again it's the same with at Valentine's. you'd yeah. tidy up the dumbbells you'd come back two minutes later so and someone's pressing the 24s and the, the left out and it's just really frustrating while at msc we can really the members are great and i think like in, you know fairness, we have banned we, one we, person we did have one we did have one member he didn't last too long uh, he was a nightmare wasn't he, he was crikey bad. uh it's probably it's probably the only real yeah bad person but it's good that we can enforce it because like you could push at banner times for people to put the weights away but ultimately if they didn't want it there's nothing you could do while well, here because it's our gym Make so, own rules, we, you know. <laughs> we, we make our own rules. Um, yeah, like we just, we just got no time for it. I mean, in terms of, it's just respecting. You know, it's not even respect necessarily respecting the coaches, respecting each other, and just the the worst thing ever. Like used to find, you know, training back there was just tripping over dumbbells, just not, yeah. you know, people leaving leaving weights on the bar and just leaving stuff out. It's complete lack of respect for people that you're training with. For us, getting rid of that one guy was a no brainer because if there's ten people that have joined us because it's a tidy gym. Uh, and then there's one guy that, that ruins that for people. We might lose more than one member. So it, it's a no-brainer and we can, inf- we can infuse that. And luckily we don't have to anymore. It's great, but yeah. Even five if we... years, that's not bad, is it? One person. I mean, everyone, everyone's fantastic. Like I say, you know, of course, you, you know, you're open for 16 hours a day. There's going to be a foam roller left out yeah. or someone's you know, left something out, but it's real minimal. I mean, you know, it's, and it's, it's fantastic. I think we enforce that, to be fair, like credit to the members and credit to us as well for... Yeah, I love it when that. a member says that. Like I've seen Sam does it a lot. Like if someone leaves something, like it, he's good. Like he'll just every so often people forget, and then just a little. You don't have to tell them twice, but it's cool. People, people it, love it. Yeah. It's so what mistakes thing. do you think we made at the start? What did we do? What did we do wrong? Um, try to offer, try try to offer too much. Try too hard to be. Right, we're gonna have a you know we had a powerlifting club, we had a strength conditioning club, which is club uh, well. sort of barbell. We had a yeah. weightlifting club, we had metcons, we had strongman, we had mobility <laughs> classes, and it was like right, yeah, you join and then you're just all in with all these all yeah. these sessions, and it was, you know, it's it came much, from a good yeah. place in terms of what we're trying to get across. We understood so, what was going on, but not everyone understood. It's too it's too complex, so it's just too complex for people to join and be like, oh my god, there's like a million different classes on the board, and now now we're down to three classes, three but. Classes. You know, it's everything you need, and it's yeah. done at such a, uh, you know, s- such quality and such fine detail yeah. that it just works really, really well. Um, but we, we're just so keen. We just want, you know, wanting people to. 
we had this vision where we had all the powerlifters taking part in powerlifting club, not really thinking that they would also have their own individual programs, so they wouldn't really be following a club program, but which they is just a specific one program for yourself. They need a specific or, program yeah. themselves. They can't just do one off session and then do their own programming. So yeah. that was. One thing that is evolved. It's, it's evolved over time because we had that and then it was the, the S&C club which we envisioned rugby players um, coming down right. to do the S&C yeah, yeah, um, yeah. which was tough um, yeah 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 and um, we knew what yeah, we wanted it to be but we couldn't yeah, get it it was too, too much going on too too complex that was, that was definitely a you know, mistake we made at the start yeah. um, what we wanted to do was the barbar club but we didn't know how to get there because we were like oh right Luke powerlifting coach so one powerlifting I'm S&C for rugby so let's do an S&C club yeah. what we wanted to do was the barbell club we yeah. wanted to give people structure and a good programming based around strength movements just took a while to, yeah. to to figure that out and figure out actually by simplifying yeah. the, the product you know it's just going to be a lot more beneficial for people yeah. um, so now it's it, Metcon barbell club weightlifting club yeah exactly and if you want to do the strongman movements when we have the strongman class we've incorporated yeah. the strongman into the metcon now so you've oh, got like a lot of carries the strongman was the class was really cool i mean that was yeah. a, that was a great class but what we decided to do is rather than doing strongman once a week you know on a wednesday night we had it on a friday morning yeah. as well but obviously your morning guys and evening guys are normally different so you've got what you know you've got one strongman a week but we sort of thought well let, let's integrate strongman movements into into the metcon sessions and it's worked a lot better, I think, yeah. because you got a chance to do some form of strongman every, you know, a few times a week at least. Yeah. And the thing again, if you talk about the powerlifting, if you're specifically a competitive strongman, then you're gonna have you're gonna have your yeah. own program anyway. If well, you've if you've got a competition coming up, which is uh, max reps in sixty seconds on a log press, and we're currently working on one rep max or two rep max, it's just it's just not. It's, it's not a good program and it's not specific to yourself if, if you're just enjoying the strongman then it would be great for you which you get that from the elements of the, the metcon yeah and it was the same with the powerlifting clubs if you had a competition in three weeks time but it was in general physical preparedness prep we're just doing general technique but it's just not what you're what you're working towards so we had these things that we just needed to put them together yeah exactly yeah and it's um it's really interesting you know over over years of you know listened to a lot of uh you know, business podcasts and, and you know, read read some books, um, and it is it's, it's it, you know it's nice because it makes you makes you feel like you're not alone. Yeah. In, in regards to that, people have these great ideas, and it, it definitely takes time to develop the right formula. Um, and I think we're almost there. we're almost there now. You know, uh, I think business wise, there's still some systems to work on and some things to make <laughs> you know things a little bit smoother. Um, and that, you know that was a massive challenge. That was a massive challenge for me personally because my my background was was coaching. It was you know um, like my degree was sports based. My masters was strength conditioning. All my experience and all my passion was in coaching, and it was never really in business. Yeah. Um, so that was a which was quite evident at the start, I guess. Which might have been evident at the start. Yeah, sort of running around. Oh crikey, running around. I guess okay. a big one on that respect was like not understanding that things don't always go to the perfect timeline. So we had this like really specific regimented timeline of when MSC was going to be open. Um, we had all these things that were going to happen. And then if one thing got delayed, everything like fell sure. apart. I remember I quit my job. Um, thinking it was going to open like the 1st of June. Well, I promised you a gig. Yeah, yeah. I promised you a job. So I was uh, <laughs> at one point, I was PT in, in like what it was a car park <coughs> at one point. Uh, so I was bringing clients in and we were doing like squats out of a yoke. Um, in, a, in a car park and well, the like, equipment was coming slowly, sporadically yeah. as well we had one bar we had a yoke so we could deadlift we could do um, 
pull-ups and we could do squats, but it was it was dusty. Mm. It was dirty. Um, we got by, but like I had no idea that it was going to yeah. get delayed that much. Yeah. And I think that's one of the big things when I was just like probably in, in well, we know that now, but allowing a bit more flexibility with the timeline. Yeah. Um, because things go wrong, things that you can't control as well, like delays in the guy putting the floor down, for example. Yeah. Well, we were we were very close to not not even opening um, <laughs> on that on that last day. So, um, crikey, I, you know, I promise, uh, you know, Luke and Josh a, a job. Um, everything, you know, the equipment was ordered. Yeah. So, you know, you can imagine how many thousands of pounds are spent on kit in the beginning. Um, everything's in place. We've had the builders come in and you know, do, you know, put in toilets and showers, you know, Christ, the amount of sanding and painting and cleaning I've done for months. You had everyone down as well. Months. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, you have people coming down to help, which is just amazing. And then, like, <laughs> we got to, we got to the morning of the handover of the, of the keys, uh, contracts signed, everything like that. Everything's done. Like, lawyers fees paid, everything. And literally, I'm due to pick up the keys at 11 o'clock. Uh, in the morning and I'm working at Ballantyne's because you know during that transitional period like as you know all the planning for the business was going on but I was working you know freelance coaching at our Ballantyne's I was still doing the KBT stuff so I'd be up in Scotland for two days you know with the with the military and down in you know down from there into Plymouth then back to Birmingham for a day and all, all this whilst trying to set up the business and um, I, I remember it so I remember it so clearly uh, uh, nine o'clock in the morning I got on, on the day we were supposed to collect the keys, I got a phone call from uh, my solicitor saying, "You're not gonna, you're not gonna like this conversation." I'm thinking, "Christ, what's what's going on here?" And basically, uh, the landlord—I don't mind saying this because I, I, I doubt he's gonna. Um, probably won't hear. He probably won't watch this. But um, <laughs> two hours before I was supposed to collect the keys, the boys are buzzing. You know nervous but buzzing yeah. like it was crazy like it's just all all going on and um solicitor says like yeah so he's decided to cancel your rent free period so you've got to pay you know three months up front or six months you know whatever it was a, a load of cash up front on top of the deposit we'd already paid which was about 12 grand um you know this and the other and he says if you don't accept it if you don't accept the terms by 11 o'clock then we're gonna we're just gonna turn it into a car park and we're not gonna give you the keys. And I'm like, right, okay. We both quit our jobs. We'd have notices. Notices were handed in. Um, equipment yeah. equipment had been bought. Because it was already in the building, wasn't it? I remember. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it it was just yeah, absolute absolute madness. Um, well, we weren't in the building. It was just before the keys were handed okay. over, but the equipment had been ordered. Yes. So it was in the process of yeah. getting shipped or whatever. So. Um, you know, pants were well and truly pulled down and Do you remember I, had when to, we, uh, I had to just take one for the team, really. I remember then when we got the keys and we went in and the guy had already drawn the lines on. He was a bluffing. So the sister says, look, he could, you know, he could be bluffing. He could be bluffing. <laughs> so you could call him out, but, uh, you know, you risk, you risk losing everything. So I was like, right, okay, well, it, it didn't seem much of a choice. Just had to, we were, you know, way too committed to that stage. So I just had to go for it. Yeah. And <laughs> the bugger had, it started drawing the lines down. It was, a, yeah, it was like a dance studio before. Yeah, so before that, it was another another business who... Yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. And um, they'd, they'd made a, a, a dance studio out of it, basically. I think it was like a free-running free type, yeah. type thing. Um, and uh, we'd be good at that, mate, free-running, I think. Not uh, anymore. <laughs> Four-year-old hit, mate, and my 
Yeah, he wasn't bluffing, mate. He yeah. put the he put the lines in it. That's ridiculous. Like, when we yeah, paint when them on. The paint was still wet, so we'd been in overnight. Or the you know, it must have been that like the morning, night before yeah. or morning or whatever. Started to you know put the lines. So he, he obviously thought we were. I suppose it you know it was it was the first business. Maybe he just didn't think we were going to follow through with it or anything like that. So um, it, it very nearly didn't didn't happen. But glad it did. Glad it did. And I say five years later we're. We're going go stronger than ever, so happy days. Should we move on and do some Q&As? Yeah, cool. Dive straight in, shall we? I've got the Q&As here, so really good response from it. I generally haven't read the questions. Uh, I think you've had a look, but um, I haven't read the questions yet. So, because <laughs> we, we put this on Instagram a couple of weeks ago, so... Um, We've got we've got some questions here. Let's let's see what they uh, what they do. We want to we want to do this every podcast. So at least ten minutes of Q and A. Exactly. Like yeah, a big part of it is like what are your questions, guys? Can we answer it? Mm-hmm. And again, just an opportunity to expand a little bit on our answers as well, rather than just giving quick fire, quick uh, <laughs> fire answers. Time's that one, yeah. God. <laughs> okay, so the <laughs> the first question is: um, Should we go through that one or should we leave that one? I've got a, a question here from. Uh, Someone called Jackie. Can't pronounce the surname. Boy, boy. Um, performance qualities of uh, Viagra. Um, it's a bit of a bit of an odd question, um, and uh, can't say I know too much about the performance qualities of Viagra. But funny enough, I did uh, I did used to work with a coach who I won't mention his name, but absolutely swore by taking a, uh, about taking a Viagra before he trained. He was like a bodybuilder. Um, and um, I can't remember the ins and outs of the science. He backed it up. It was really like unbelievably intelligent bloke as well. So I'm sure there was some founding behind it. But um, yeah, I don't really... But as a bodybuilder, he did a lot of sit, sit down. The, the issue is he did a lot of sit down machines, I'm sure. Yes. If he's standing up doing a miniature press with a... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he might be in trouble. He might be in trouble. Um, Cool. What else should we go through here? Uh, thought process behind the Barbell Club programming. I think we've, we've touched much... on that. Yeah. So if you skip back a little bit, you'll understand that the sixteen week blocks and what we're trying to achieve. Yeah. Uh, we've got a random uh, thought here. High MSC performance. Follow me for motivational health tips. So thank you very much uh, to that person. So, uh, co- uh, MH Strength Coach. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. MH Strength Coach. Don't know who that is. Um, anything you do differently in hindsight. Um, I think the simplicity thing so like, like we said about the classes trying to do too much um, just offering two or three services well <coughs> six or seven but doing it incredibly well and just being really targeted with it yeah. so I think the uh, that's the main thing yeah I think um, from a business point of view for me uh, when we were starting up like the cash flow was just too loose I got us into a bit of trouble at the beginning um, to be fair as it, as it does with any new business yeah. I think but um our builders went way over budget. And I think the difficulty was, we, we'd had the keys by this stage, but I was running around doing loads of stuff for KVT all around the country. When I wasn't there, I was in Ballantines. So you know, I wasn't able to be in MSC. This is before it opened when we were setting it all up that often. And the builders just run loose a little bit in terms of yeah. the, the costs and things. And that, that, that put us under some serious pressure at the beginning but luckily we managed to uh, to pull through and, and survive but yeah in terms of the, in terms of the, the, the 
the product, the practical application, I'd say trying too much at the beginning in terms of trying to offer uh, way, way too much, really. I also had this, because I used to work on my Saturdays, I had this massive idea about sausage sandwich Saturdays. <laughs> and he's adamant it wouldn't work, but I had this, because when we first came in, it had that big window, didn't it? I thought yeah. we could have a little George Foreman, do the Metcon, and then offer a, a high-end sausage sandwich. Yeah. And he said, no. Nah. So I would have done the sausage sandwich thing, because... Yeah, it might, it might come back, sausage sandwich Saturdays. Um, <laughs> come in, have your sausage bap. We'd have been thousandaires by now. Thousandaires, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think hopefully that sort of covers that that question. You got another page um, as well, so. Okay, hold on. Well, creating services and classes that members will participate in. Um, yeah, so how you went about creating services and classes that members would participate in. And again, I think we've touched upon that really yeah. like during the podcast. Um, tried way too many different things at the start or just... I think it was just realising that people that needed individual programming would not do the classes. Uh, so if you wanted an individual powerlifting programme, you would not do the powerlifting club. If you were a competitive weightlifter, you wouldn't do the weightlifting club because you have a specific uh, timeline to to abide to if you're a rugby player you might do it but again you've got a specific phases of training depending on where you are in the season um, so I think it was realizing that the programming and the, the classes that we're offering are for people not necessarily with no goals but with a bit more general in goal at least they haven't got like a, a strict regimented timeline like you would as a competition as a competitive uh, lifter or competitive sports person so I think just realizing that the, the people the demographic that we're trying to target yeah which was your kind of young professional within the city centre that enjoys strength training, enjoys the conditioning, maybe wants to progress it on a little bit further. So I think, um, yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, so next question, uh, what was it like opening slash running the gym? Um, I'd say, you know, obviously we'll touch upon that as well, but like, I'd say it's the hardest thing I've ever done. Uh, opening the gym is the hardest thing I've ever done. Uh, running the gym is the hardest thing I've ever done, but the best thing I've ever done as well. Like it's just so so rewarding and it's hard, it's tough. You know, people will come down for you know, I mean he saw the state of me in the first two would you say two years? First two years. Yeah, I remember going on holiday I mean you're always the small at the best of times, but I went on holiday for like two weeks and I come back and I literally couldn't see his eyes. <laughs> yeah. He must have worked like all the hours covering. Um it was great because he missed me when I went. That was nice. He doesn't miss me anymore. I only work three days. That's right. I got soggy now. So yeah, uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So like, yeah, running running a gym is just it's just unbelievably rewarding. And I think like when you sometimes sometimes it's hard when you're just in the business all the time uh, in terms of just taking a moment to appreciate what's going on and. Um, you know, I'm going to repeat myself for anyone who's seen the Urban uh, podcast that I've featured in. Um, but I've actually got Max to thank for this because it was a busy barbell club a few weeks ago. Luke's, you know, doing his thing, running, you know, running the barbell club. You know, I'm running around helping people and went over and just, you know, just to uh, give Max a bit of stick, I think, about something. And um, <laughs> he said to me, mate, this is, this is cool, isn't it? And I was like, what's cool? What do you mean? And he was like, well, just look around. He said, you've got... You know, you've got however, you know, 50, 60 people here in the gym at one time who are training really well, like lifting safely, lifting effectively. Look at the atmosphere, look at the look how people are getting on and helping each other. Look at the barbell club, look at the open gym, everything that's going on. 
he said like if MSC didn't exist like these people would just be you know sporadically spread yeah. across gyms they wouldn't have that structure they wouldn't have that programming they wouldn't have that atmosphere and that environment to to lift in and that that was really cool I think like as a as a business owner you're always thinking of you know the the, the next thing you know um, rather than appreciating uh, rather than actually taking a minute and just appreciating what's going on and that was a really cool moment and you know I think I need to do more of that where just actually just stop for a minute just look around and be like do you know what this is this is pretty pretty cool so I said when you when you do that it is just so rewarding for me I, I always take the moments if it was in like a decent clean and then the gym's pretty quiet and you stop and you think uh, it's cold in here, it's, but it is cool to train in here. It's a great gym, isn't it? It's a great gym. Um, do you know anything on this? Or? Would you do podcasts with MSC members? Yes. I want to get Ash on. Uh, so we want to do pod- we've got some good people down at MSC that we can do podcasts with. So we've got some Definitely. like you've got like Jazz who won the British weightlifting. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've got Ash. You've got Lucia. You've got Jodie that's got like a high end job, and then she's still competing. And then you've got other people in different sports. It'd be cool to get down. So there's a lot of people that we can down, and there's a lot we've got planned. And I think after this kind of introduction podcast, there's a lot that we can uh, touch on. Yeah, I think um, there's been a lot of a uh, lot of desire to get Graham Levings down as well from Barbo Club. But um, you know, like one of our Barbo Club members would be really cool to get on, on yeah. board and just kind of like ask about his or her yeah, yeah, experience yeah. from when they joined, what were their fears in joining, and how they've yeah. you know, how they've overcome those, how they've developed. And um, that'd be really cool. So like, we're really up for guests, and like, um, you know, people outside of MSC as well. I'm really keen to get uh, John John Buckland on, um, just because you know, the guy I used to work with was just unbelievable chat, uh, very very knowledgeable <laughs> some guy. Good, uh, anecdotes. Um, some good, yeah, absolutely, and just uh, good, some good stories as well. So um, yeah, it'd be really cool to get some like different different views, you know, different, views. Different, different different people on. Uh, so I'll I'm keen to do that. I'll take this one as well. British seventy four class, which was asked by Finley, who. I think told 650 a couple of weeks ago at the Scottish. Um, British 74 class, the British is end of August. Um, it's hard to say, there's some people looking in excellent shape, while currently I'm not in good shape. Um, with a couple of niggly injuries, as is I think Chris, who came second this year, he's got a couple of niggly injuries. And then you've got a couple of like up and coming people that are looking really, really good. So I think at the minute it looks like it's going to be really, really close. But it's in seven months' time, so nothing's won in February. Everything's won in August the 23rd, so not too worried. Um, I think it'll be a good year. Say no more. Quietly confident, uh, I think. Um, what drew you into working in the fitness and uh, strength conditioning industry? Um, yeah, just passion. Just passion. There's easier... There's easier um, you can make very good money from the industry, but there's easier industries to, to make good money in. Um, I think, you know, it's just just absolute passion. And I think, you know, um, just enjoying enjoying your work is just yeah. so, so important, whatever you're doing. I think I've always said, like, unless you're a professional footballer or a rock star, a movie star, like you, and even those guys to an extent, like, you're going to be, you know, you're going to, you're going to need to work a lot. You're going to need to work a lot of hours. You're going to need to, uh, work a long time in your life so you just have to it takes up a large part of your life basically work um, and let, you know unless you're in a particular circumstance so I think you just have to enjoy it and I think you have to be passionate about it I think if you if you are passionate enough about what you do and um, you know you, you enjoy it I think with that 
comes the work ethic. Uh, I think with that comes the, the success as well. I think mine's a little bit different actually. So I, I knew I wanted to be involved in sport. I didn't know in particular coaching. Um, I did my degree in sports studies. Um, I finished uni and I got a job just working in a commercial gym, but it was just working as a receptionist. So I worked at Primark and I worked then as a receptionist at a, uh, a commercial gym. And I didn't know that I wanted to coach at the time. I didn't powerlift. I didn't. Spec- I wasn't really into strength and conditioning at university, which is one of my uh, big regrets. Um, I wasn't that into training, like I played football and I was into going to the gym, but nothing kind of to where it is now. So I fell into it and to be honest, like through Mark, I remember like there was that one time I was on the uh, recumbent bike and uh, you took the piss a little bit because I just didn't understand training, I just went on anything. Uh, but then just like through like doing a couple of like upskilling through like doing the after the PT course, doing like S and C level uh, one, two, and three, um, just started to understand a little bit more the principles behind it, and then just a lot of extra reading, and then fell in love with coaching, fell in love with powerlifting, and then it just kind of happened accidentally where I fell into coaching a couple of people through Bannatines that then started to like powerlifting, wanted to compete alongside me, and then that evolved over time um, into now becoming pretty much, I think I've got like 35 clients, and I would say probably 32 of them are competitive powerlifters. Um, so I think it's kind of just happened organically, but with at the start, at least when I did my degree, it wasn't like I want to be a strength and conditioning coach or I want to be a powerlifting coach. Um, it kind of just happened and yeah, organically over over time. Yeah, my mine came through sport. To be honest, um, literally like growing growing up, just you know, obviously, you know, given I'm very passionate about rugby, but I was playing, you know, I was playing football, cricket, you know, basketball, athletics, anything at school. I was just you know was involved in sport, and I wasn't even bothered about the gym really until. You know, probably I remember my third year of uni, I started going to the gym a bit. Um, and then it was after that, you know, I started working as a gym instructor, PT, then went back to my maths and strength finishing. And just see, when I started to sort, uh, see the, the link between yeah. um, training in a gym and what impact that could have on sports performance, that's where I started getting industri- in, interested in I always, training. I always think for you that your um, passion for S&C came from when you herniated your disc. Ma- yeah, yeah massively. massively and just like the rehab process and then getting into yeah. like regimented strength and conditioning that seemed to be when it was like yeah, okay, yeah. this is, this I, is I did, i'd agree with that massively i think like when i when i finished like my undergrad so i would have been 21 um and i'll be honest i didn't really know what i wanted to do i was playing a high level of rugby trying to you know go down that route but you know in terms of getting getting a job alongside that I wasn't really too sure what I wanted yeah. to do and then I was like oh God, yeah, gym instructor sounds okay I'll do I'll do that for a bit and see where see where it leads and I started doing that and I did like I did build some in- interest in that and then like I think I was 22 or 23 where yeah I had a prolapse like L4 L5 disc and like just just the longest most ongoing injury I've ever had not but, helped by the uh, seven spin classes you had to do. Oh, yeah, not helped by seven <laughs> spin classes a week at Valentine's. And, <laughs> and, and also being pretty still raw and edu- uneducated yeah. by that, you know, uh, I wish I knew then what I knew now sort of thing and I could have fixed it a lot easier. Um, and uh, I had like, th- you know, three and a half, four years out of rugby where I didn't, I didn't play. And it was just ongoing pain all the time. And it, it was during that period... Um, so he was 24 when I went back and did, did my masters I'd, I'd given up on rug, with, with rugby and I had like four years out of rugby in the end two of which or two and a half three were with the injury and then after that I just never felt like 
I thought it was over. I thought like I'd kind of missed the boat oh, in terms yeah. of you know wanting to go full time pro back then, and just didn't you know just didn't think it you know just I guess the injury just made me fall out of love with it. And it was during that time I went back and did my masters because I was like right I'm just I can't use my body that well. I'm, you know I may as well educate my mind and I did a masters in strength and conditioning and. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think like when I was learning that, I was kind of linking it into, you know, rehabbing the injury and also like just realizing how important strength training was and is for for injury prevention. Yeah, was massive. And like I, I look back, you know, I used to think I was the unluckiest player in the world because from like eighteen to twenty two, twenty three, when I did my disc, like I I picked up. I never had injuries as a kid, and then from that period. I was picking up injuries and it was because I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't robust enough. Um, you know, I wasn't training properly. That And, and I think when I realised the, the power and impact strength conditioning could have on, you know, robustness and injury prevention, injury yeah. prevention that really drove my passion for it. So, yeah, I think you're right. I remember a moment that stood up for me. I think it was uh, <coughs> your squat or a deadlift. You did like a one minute max of like 170 squat. And then you went into I'm the not car. A great squatter. That was Femur's boy. You, <laughs> uh, you did a you did a one seventy back squat. I'm pretty sure it was. And then you went into the corridor and screamed because of how happy you were. You were never able to like push these numbers because of like pre existing batteries for years. Yeah. And then managing to like a one seventy back squat, which is very respectable. Because you weighed about seventy kilo at the time, didn't you? I was a bit lighter so, back then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it was a good, yeah. I remember that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Next um, question. That's that's it, mate. That's that's pretty much the questions. Uh, yeah, Shall I have a quick look. I think that's pretty much it. We've covered a lot of them. Okay, okay. I've done it. Hassan said steroids. Um, he's literally just put. He's literally just put steroids. Like it's not even a question. He's absolutely useless. I don't know why we let him be a member. I don't like him. I, I like Hassan. I don't know how to answer it because it's not a question, but. Steroids. Don't alive. do steroids, kids. Don't do them. Cool. Right. Hopefully that's a insight into MSC, um, kind of the background of MSC, kind of how we move forward, um, and hopefully an insight into what we want to do with the podcast. So we want to get some guests on there, get some good Q&A. Um, and yeah. Sweet. Yeah, that's it. Um, so yeah, hope you, hope you enjoyed the first one. Uh, we've gone raw and organic. We, we said at the beginning we weren't going to one take it's gonna be one take and it's been one take so i'm really happy with that hopefully you've enjoyed uh you know enjoyed the watch enjoyed the listen and i think we're really excited to do more it's a, as I say, a real good opportunity to go into some depth on things keep you guys updated as to as to what's going on and um yeah we'll just try and make it a bit better each time i think yeah so cool over now guys cheers thank you